This is Corolla Digital. Hey, you guys, it's me, Allison. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the show. And if you like what you're hearing, which, come on, let's face it, you do. Make sure to tell a friend. You can find us on iTunes, the app, or my site, AllisonRosen.com. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, with perfect good times never end. Allison Rosen, doing the wavy pencil dance again. Allison Rosen, Allison's your new best friend. Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. It's me, Allison Rosen. I'm here with Pam Adlon. This is very exciting because I've been wanting to have you on my podcast for a long time. I wanted to be on it. I actually, I asked Adam permission because I felt, because, <laughs> well, people around here know you as his TV wife and yeah. you've worked a lot with him. And so I just felt like you're kind of his territory. Yeah. But he said, sure. So I said, okay, then. I was on the groom's side. But yeah. I crossed over. Exactly. I'm happy to be here. Welcome. For you. Thank you so much. So many things I want to talk to you about. Okay. Um, when we last talked, you said that your new philosophy was you're just saying yes. Oh my God. And I, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that's so funny because I was running it down in my head. Wait, you say what okay. I said. Well, I think that you had said that that's the sort of remember you're just I don't know if you had added like you're just saying yes to the universe, but just you're trying out a new thing where you're saying yes a lot. Yeah. Like was, this year, I right. thought I'm just going to say yes to everything. And um, <laughs> I mean, it's really good to like say, oh, wow, that's her philosophy and she's living that way. But you can't sustain. Right. Well, I was very like I was very captivated by it yeah. because I think I'm someone who like I just say no. To the yeah. universe, yes. <laughs> oftentimes, right. every now and then something slips through the wall. But for the most part, I'm more of a uh, no, thank. You. Well, I don't know. I don't know where I am, but I'm not a yes person. So I wanted to know how that is working out for you, and well, how you even arrived at that. I don't know. I think it's so funny because um, you know our lives change so fast. And that was probably at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And so, you know, I was, you know, coming off of, you know, being upstate New York with my daughter's gunkles and we were having New Year's and gunkles. Christmas. What are those? They're gunkles. They're gay uncles. Okay. Who are getting married. We're very excited. Oh, congratulations to them. Um, yay for gay. And um, so I was just feeling like I like stood in their backyard in the snow and I just said, I, I like tried to have one of those religious experiences <laughs> or spiritual like awakenings. I was by myself and I said, okay, next year, these are the things that I need. Uh, these are the things that I want and I have to make room for the things that are going to happen. Like that's, that's what I was thinking mm -hmm. in my head because nobody ever foresees the stuff that comes in that, that just happens and it takes you over here. Right. But, um, what, and can I ask what were those things that you felt like you needed and wanted at that point? Well, I mean, it was, you know, it was, it's, it's always about the girls. You have three daughters. I have three daughters now, 16, 13 and 10. Okay. Um, I'm in the hinterlands of hell. It's really <laughs> just... Yeah, those are tough ages. Yeah, I mean, it's not like even... You're raising people... That grown women sleep over at my house who are my <laughs> daughter's friends, mm -hmm. exact ages. It's crazy. But, 
you know, it's always about what I what I need and what I want is about the girls and it's about being able to provide mm-hmm. for everybody, um, my mom, you know, and getting through the rest of the divorce, which is just forget it. We're, we're not even going to go there. But, you know, and how, then how long have you been divorced now? Um, it was finalized last June. Okay. So it's been a year, but we it's been ongoing it took four years, you know. Mm-hmm. And he lives in Germany, right? Yeah, he's in Germany. Which he, I imagine makes it... No, it's more, awesome. Okay. For drop-offs. <laughs> yeah. Every other it's weekend. super convenient. No, it's so great. It's working out really well. People were like, what? You're a Jew. Why are you marrying a German? I was like, just stop. And uh, everyone was right. But anyway... <laughs> um, but the thing that – so I had this like hopeful thing. Like I was going to say yes to everything this year. And so um, mostly about, you know, being open to right. things, you know, because I got very um, closed off because of, you know, being, you know, in my relationship and then, you know, having other relationships post-marriage it kind of made me shrivel up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, I started just saying, you know, going out, like I, uh, like even going out with men or um, doing like podcasts and things like that and, you know, going to uh, events or being with friends or anything that, that's very simple to most people isn't to me because I – I'm relating. I, yeah, I relate to that so much. I mean, that's like my main thing. That if I were to be the person who says yes, what that would mean is tiny things like answering my phone and, oh, and God, accepting yes. invitations, mm-hmm. stuff where it's like, because when an invitation to a party comes in, my immediate thought is always, yeah, that sounds fun. And then as it gets closer, I come up with all these reasons why it doesn't sound fun. And then it's I'm like, stressful. but I really would, yes, exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm really good at. Tr- <laughs> Maybe I'm not so good at it, but like kind kind of trying to kill two birds with one stone. So like my cousin was just in town and one of my best friends and he was having a dinner party and she was here with her partners and she's an art curator. And I was like, let's go there because he's having a thing. And then I was like crossing my fingers. And then I thought, what if I don't want to do any of this Mm. now? I have to. Because I've um, merged these right. things and all these people are counting on me, me to be there. So sometimes um, I do better when I kind of get my own back up against the wall and I can't uh, get out of it. Right. You now, know? what is it that makes you want to back out? Well, because I have so much that I have to do on a daily basis that I'm committed to whether I like it or not. Um, that saying, yeah, like committing to like a party or a freaking thing, or this person wants you to do this, go to this event or whatever. I just go, oh, I can't, I, I don't want to disappoint everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not, um, the something I'm not the kind of person who's like, um, oh, fuck that. I don't, I don't want to, um, participate in that. And I don't care about this. It's, it's totally not about that it's just about i i'm realistic about um not having too many plates in the air that's always been my thing but when i was doing that philosophy when i last saw you i was like i'm saying yes to everything and i mean i you know 
But it's, you know, I'm full of shit because (laughs) in reality, I remember like there was a, a, a guy who was interested in me, who was friends with my friend and he, um, he wanted to go out and I said, well, uh, sure, let's, let's hang out. And he said, no, 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 let me be very clear. I don't want to hang out. I have enough friends. I'm interested in you romantically. I'm attracted to you. That's what I want. And then I said, Okay, well, then we're not going to hang out because I don't know what that is. Yeah. It's like it, it's almost like he wanted me to commit, commit to saying, oh, I'm committing to you being attracted to me and the possibility of me. But, but I wasn't feeling that at all. So I felt like he should have just said, okay, fine, let's just go hang out. And he didn't. So I said no. I, don't know I think that's that, good. I think I, that – see, yeah. that that would have given me – that would have made me feel a lot of pressure too. I that's think that pressure-y. I kind of, it's a lot of pressure. I think that's yeah. the difference between men and women because for women, oftentimes you don't know how you feel. Like it, you don't know how you feel at the beginning. And yeah. so you need to just be able to get to know the person in a safe environment where there's not a lot of pressure and then maybe feelings will grow and maybe they won't. Yeah, but if I was like a you're guy. Already gonna, you're already stringing them along on the first date is – that's yeah. hell no. Are you kidding me? Like the guy's like, oh, well, then no dinner. Also, he died. So that's kind of a bummer. It's a true story. I never lie. How soon after? I don't know. He's dead now. Sorry. Well, yeah. then it wasn't going to work out anyway. <laughs> so, so I kind of had good instincts yeah. on that no. Right. See, whereas I feel like guys... Tell me if this is right, Gary. This is what Dr. Drew was saying, I think, that guys kind of – they know off the bat whether there's romantic potential or not and mm-hmm. that's not going to change. Because I think for for me, I could meet someone and I could be like, I only like that person Are you single? Friend. No, I'm engaged. Oh, ew. I, oh, I mean, yay! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think it's be like, sweet. I only like that person as a friend but then I could all of a sudden realize I have more feelings whereas guys don't do that according to Dr. Drew. But who knows? He's got his own shit going on. He thinks that um, that guys don't. They, ed- yeah, they don't. They don't decide. I only like this person as a friend, and then later realize they have more feelings for them. Would right. you say that's true, Gary? Yeah, and that's what he said. And and I understand what you guys are saying about that being a lot of pressure. But I think that from that guy's point of view, he doesn't want to get stuck in the friend zone if that's not something he's interested in. Right. And as you get older, that's that's something that yeah, he, becomes he, more and more important to guys. Because... Yeah, he was a grown-up, and he, he said no to the friend zone. Yeah. And I, I was like, I'd like to enter the friend zone. <laughs> yeah. But there's a chance see... you never get out of there. Well, yeah. And that's a lot I of time know, and money man. wasted by the guy. It's different for girls, Yeah, man. That, that's the thing. I think I that's the, the, the gender difference. Is I have that... to want to get to know you, and I know your penis is attached to you, but if I like your brain, I'm going to want to fuck your penis. There's a lot of girls that I've always like wanted to fuck their brains, and they don't have penises. I don't know the correlation, but you know what I mean? It's like I have to want to fuck you. I don't have a carnal uh, thing. Yeah. It, it, no, we that that usually we don't. Yeah. Right. It's but like we want to fuck you the second we meet you. So. Yeah. Right. So you guys need to table that and just act like you're cool with just getting to know us, because then Isn't maybe that weird. Yes. See, I feel like that guy just 
cards. I don't mean to speak ill of the dead, but yeah. he just played his cards all wrong. Yeah, like he with, totally did. Yeah, like with I, – I see, I don't even believe in the – this is how this conversation with Dr. Drew came up. I was saying I don't believe in the friend zone. I believe – I don't believe in getting stuck in the friend zone. I believe mm-hmm. that if two people are meant to be more than friends, they will. Right. And then he was saying, well, it depends who put who in the um, friend zone. Because if if the guy put you in the friend zone, you're not getting out. Whereas if the girl did, maybe you are. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I feel like, um, yeah, the girl is the one who calls the shots. I mean, the girl's the the king right. of the friend zone. Sorry. Yeah, it's true. It's her, it's her domain. Yeah. So um, before you were saying that you – before you decide – before you had the um, epiphany that you willed into existence yeah. <laughs> in the snow um, – you had been through a bunch of relationships that made you feel like you were shriveled or yeah. that shriveled you or diminished yeah. you. I just – you know, I mean to go from being in you know, a, a marriage that lasted so long. How long? Um, 12 years and uh, we were together 14 and you know, having kids and you're just like this, you know. You have these blinders on the side of your head and I I didn't do anything. You know, I just was like we were like uh, codependent and just in this marriage and it was just I I look at relationships so differently now, you know, um, and you're engaged, which I actually I said, ew, I was (laughs) trying to be funny and bitter, but I'm not because I think that people committing to each other. I'm going to cry. Oh, I am. Now I wish we had video. Now I'm I mean, not cry. to exploit this special moment, I know. but <laughs> <laughs> um, because I, w- I was just thinking about this recently. I think people committing to each other is is a really big deal. Like I really um, I think it's amazing. I'm really happy for you. Oh, I thank you. I think it's an amazing thing. And to, um, you know, it, it, my life is so different now because I'm I'm a. I'm a fractured person. I'm not, you you know, I mean, that's, I've never even said it like that, Mm -hmm. but you know, here I am with you in the studio alone. It's just a piece of me. I mean, it's just a fragment, you know, of the person you were before. I mean, one of my daughters is really far away in another country and uh, two of my daughters are at home with their friends and they're all growing up so fast. And I worry about my mom. I take care of my mom and, you know, um, and all the things I'm like, oh, God, I got to do I have to do the bone age test on this one and I have to um, get her waitlisted for soccer. There's always these things that are nagging at me yeah. that I'm like, I'm not doing enough and whatever. So I'm sitting here with you and or I could meet people and like, oh, it's Pam and whatever. But it's not me. I'm I'm always like semi, you know, and like you're never in the moment um, or do you just mean you're at. Do you mean your attention is in so many places or do you mean you're a diminished person from who you were before or – oh, lots of questions that's here. That's interesting. Or was your self-identity you and your husband and that's what's left you diminished? Yeah, you know what? It, that The marriage was really about that. But now, um, you know, I've been through, um, you know, other things since my marriage and that's what's really changed me profoundly because the marriage was like trying to live conventionally and this is how we do things and we do them as a family and obviously it wasn't working with him and now I'm like I can't even believe 
what I was trying to accomplish over there. And now I see my life completely differently. I mean, my, my oldest is 16 and she's talking about already moving out when she's 18. You know, she's very independent and all my kids are. And I talk about raising them like this, like, uh, I'm pushing. making a pushing away mm-hmm. hand gesture. Yeah. You know, I think that's the best way that you can raise kids is that way. To encourage the independence, yeah. So, I mean, in terms of me, like, feeling like I was shriveled up, it's just because um, I I went out. Uh, I, I didn't really put myself out there. And then when I started saying yes to everything, like when my friends would, you know, I would be like, oh, my God, there's my friend Robin. There's my this my life opened up exponentially because I started saying yes to things and putting myself out there and my life got better. Mm -hmm. You know, I would, I'm there for my kids all the time, but I'll die if I don't have, you know, exchanges like this or work or any of that other kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's too much to be home with two teenage girls and a 10 and all the rest. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's too much. So, you know, contact and doing things in the world is is massive. So anyway, I don't know what I'm saying. But how how do you see your life differently now than before? Um. Well, I I I get more stressed out. I I feel stressed out. You know, I feel a lot of pressure. Um and. I think that the thing that I've already – I've always been able to kind of do uh, is damage control. So, you know, when I'm in the in the middle of something, if somebody, you know, throws some diarrhea on the floor and you're standing there and it fell on like all of the the music that goes for the piano and the guitar got broken and whatever, you're like, okay, I'm not going to look at – why did it happen? Whatever. You've got to just move on from there. So like crisis management. Yeah. And so I just feel like sometimes, it, it, you know, I, it's different because I'm older now and and it matters, you know, the time and what I do with my time and life is going by so fast, even though, you know, it's like my kids are older and I'm older. It's whizzing by and I can't even believe today is the first of July. It's 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 crazy. So um, I think that the biggest thing that's changed is that I'm more um, I I get stressed out in inwardly, but I'm also um, uh, strangely more um, grounded in where and who I am and um, uh using um my uh focus on what's next you know for me it's always what's next sometimes i'm like i don't want to think about it i just want to punish tequila be on my own but i've always got that in my head what's next you've got to keep going mm-hmm. you know did i answer i mean yeah it, that's a uh, so much responsibility yeah and pressure yes do you sleep i do i mean I do eventually pass out. Sometimes I nibble on a Xanax. Dr. Drew would approve. <laughs> I just nibble on it. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's healthy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's like a cookie. Yeah. Shit, I lost. I, was, I, had a, <clears throat> I had a question that was right there. Oh, yes. Do you identify as codependent? Do you think of yourself as someone who is codependent? Um, 
I don't think so, but um, I feel like, you know, because what I was saying about like the old relationships, like where I came from, I was being in my head, even though I'm like a guy, I would get into a codependent thing with a guy. Like, well, he did this and he did that. You know, I don't feel that way anymore. I feel like if I was in a relationship, I'd be able to um, keep my feelings to myself and uh, let kind of time tell why did this person do this? Why did they say that? Why did they react that way? Why didn't they react? What am I looking for? Why why does it have to be so hypervigilant? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the way people fuck themselves in relationships is that hypervigilance and they ride each other and it's a bummer, you know, and I'm so happy not to be in one because um, the, the, the marriage was, uh, you know, it was like that at the beginning and then it just, I don't even know. I, I really feel like... Um, you know, there's codependence, and then uh, my girlfriends were talking about love addiction. Mm-hmm. Do you know that? I mean, somewhat in that you back back when I was single and making horrible decisions. At one point, I was like, maybe that's what I am. Maybe I'm a love addict because I feel like I get addicted to these bad guys, and yeah. then I da da da. But I don't. I don't. You tell me because I don't really know exactly what it is. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's a book by this woman called Pia Melody or Pia Medley, and it's fascinating and uh, all the stuff about it. But, you know, it's like if you are so kind of um, hanging on to what your partner is doing mm. and it's, you're, you know, you're just rockets and having the best day because of one little text or one phone call or whatever. And then the next day you're in the toilet, literally, because you haven't right. received any kind of. I miss that. (laughs) I know. What are you doing? You're going to get married. It's terrible. Stability is so boring. I know. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, I'm no. But do you feel like you feel like that's what you were, or just that your friends talk about that? No, I mean, it's um, it's an interesting thing to me that has come up, but um, I don't think um either one of those things. I mean, codependent, not at all. I mean, it's. If anything, it would apply to my relationships with my daughters, you know, mm-hmm. because those are the most profound in my life that that just kind of ride me. And so I'm constantly second guessing and thinking I'm doing the wrong thing and I need to do this and I've got to be there this way. Um, I'm being an asshole. I'm being, you know, my teenager said to me, she, you know, last year, she's like, you've changed. I'm like, yeah, man, I've changed. I have a teenager now. Yeah, I've changed, but did she not mean it in a good way? No, absolutely. Yeah, she didn't. Yeah, I mean guess it in a good when way. you're a You've kid, changed. if you see, you never mean that in a good way to your parents, no, because you don't want your parents to change. You're mean. Oh. You used to be. Well, I'm raising three girls by myself. Where's your dad? But I can't say that. You yeah. know, it's like it's. So it's that it's that kind of thing. All of those things inform the the person that I am and so probably is what makes it more important that I say yes to as much stuff as possible so I do get out of the house and I can come back and I'm energized like you know what I mean mm-hmm. like I've been able to take 
in life and, and bring back to my kids the way I want them to be. But, you know, the expression, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Mm-hmm. So. I feel like you usually read that on an apron. Yeah. Or a needlepoint. Or a flask. Right. Yeah. Um, I heard you talking about how you take everything personally. Like if your kid says, fuck you, under under her breath, you take that personally. Yeah. And that's – I don't have kids, but I know I know, mm-hmm. and I fear that that's how I'm going to be um, because I – like one of my – like I always wish that my parents didn't take things. Like I have a big like, but I'm the kid kind of yeah. thing. You know, like you shouldn't take that personally. You shouldn't be so dependent – you sh- it shouldn't have hurt your feelings it's so much. This true. thing that I said when I was eight, et cetera, yeah. and yet I don't know how to how I'm not going to repeat that. Yeah, it's um, God. I mean, it's it's the one thing that I still haven't been able to uh, master. You know, being a mom for almost 17 years. You know, just. That thing, like, you know, you just let it roll off your back. Like, I taught my kids. I'm like, you know, water off a duck's back. You've just got to let it roll off. And, you know, you've got it. You can't hold your kids responsible for the things that they say to you. They'll say really shitty, mean (laughs) things. You know, when I was in um, couples counseling with my ex-husband years ago, big mistake. Don't go there, anybody. Fucking waste of Jesus. Did it just prolong things? <laughs> yeah, but I have my I have my baby, and she's the best. So whatever. But anyway, um, she used to say, um, "What was this relating to?" That uh, taking things personally. Yeah, she she would say, um, "You know, you you gotta it, it, you gotta bring down your reactivity. You can't." If everybody's hot, like up here, walk away. That's a huge thing. It's like just, you know, when I was growing up, my dad had an explosive personality. And he, we used to say like when it became um, a thing that was known that he had multiple personalities, like he was the the teddy bear and then – like if you poured water on him or fed him after midnight, he'd become striped like the gremlin. Mm-hmm. We used to joke. But, um, it, you know, it, it means a lot to me to be able to kind of sort through stuff and I like to talk about it. Um, I'm not great at it because I hate confrontation like anybody else. You know, like I was in the Apple store the other day trying to get my password I almost got shingles. I swear to God. I was there with my 10-year-old. I felt them crawling up my back because we were in there for two and a half hours and the passwords weren't meshing. And it was like this thing that just makes me stress Mm -hmm. and tense. So – and I wanted to leave. I wanted to walk away. And when I was growing up and like confrontations with my dad and it's just, um, you know, the the – the thing with your kids is that they're allowed to, you know, say messed up things and be kids. And, you know, particularly I'm raising three girls whose dad is gone. Mm-hmm. So they're getting their shit out. And yeah. so when they say stuff like, this is where I feel safe, you know, this is where I can do it. It's not fair for me to say, well, that's not fair. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, when they get to a certain age, I'm like, I accept that. But also, 
there has to be a line drawn where it it's not just me getting shit on or um, me not being there for you. We've got to find a place. And so, you know, my kids are very smart, modern, independent girls. So if I'll, I'll say something like to my middle daughter, like, um, how did that make you feel? Mom, <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> Don't talk to me like that. What I just said, how did that make you feel? That's so what? That's ugh. I hate that. <laughs> door slam, cursing behind the door, fucking, fucking. I'm like, oh, Jesus, crying, me, oh. crying. Go to my room. My baby comes in. Mom, are you okay? I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things where you just like if I if I could have an internal switch to shut it off and just say, just let him get it out. If you want to curse at me, go into your room, shut the door and say, fuck you, mom, over and over. But don't let me hear it. Don't let the baby hear it. You know what I mean? So anyway, I'm all over the place with this stuff. Ugh. <laughs> Do you tend to take things um, personally in all arenas of your life? Yes. All the time. Um, I don't I, – I'm, I'm so much harder than I used to be, you know, in terms of, uh, you, know, if, you know, if somebody looked at me sideways when I was growing up, it would devastate me, you know. When I was a kid and like, you know, like I wouldn't I would never wear a dress to school in case I got into a fight. I needed jeans, on, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Like I needed to always feel ready. Mm-hmm. And um, then when I was like a new mom and I'd be like in a baby group with my oldest daughter, Gideon, I would be like those moms aren't friends with me. They're not being nice. And they would have like these sparkly, those lightsaber rings and. I couldn't relate to anybody and I would come home and cry and say nobody – you know, I looked mm-hmm. weird. I looked like a weird Mexican boy who just had a baby <laughs> when I had my <laughs> oldest daughter. It was weird. I looked so young and just bizarre and um, I didn't fit – you know what I mean? Yeah. There was no – like an outsider. I was wearing like my ex-husband's clothes. I looked crazy. You know, I didn't – so um yeah I took everything personally. I'm I'm so uh much different than I used to be. But you know every once in a while something'll like hit me like cold water. Like a parent said something to me at school recently and it was just a crazy exchange and but my reaction is like whoa. Mm-hmm. And I think that the thing because you said how am I different now? I think that I'm able to actually process and that's the one thing that I would want my kids to be able to do is not be reactive and to be proactive. It's very Kabbalah (laughs) that you acknowledge what's going on and you take it in and you just – you got to give yourself a minute. It's like that that therapist. She says when things are hot, walk away. Take a minute. It's not the end of the world. It's like I watched Nurse Jackie the other night. I love it. And he said to her, you know, I can still be mad at you and love you. And I was like, yeah, oh, my buy, God. Buy that. <laughs> yeah, of course. No, I mean, I buy that, but I, I have not mastered that one myself. No, it's for me. <sighs> yeah. Way, it's way too much of a switch that's on or off. It's fucked up. Yeah. 
Um, uh, selfishly, I'm going to ask this question. Mm. At what point did you realize your marriage was semi-fucked? <laughs> I just want to know when does, when does it, the realization set in? Uh, Before? It was uh, – well, you, I ran it down when it was over. So I look back at the years and it was it, it was pretty soon in. I mean, I don't know. It it was um it was pretty soon in. I looked at all the things and I have um two best friends who are two men who were together for 17 years. And they said to me that their therapist said to them, the first fight you have is the same fight you always have. You keep having that same fight. That's interesting. And I thought back to what our first fight was because this was early in our relationship. And I was like, oh, Jesus. And it was the entire reason why the marriage didn't work for me. So anyway, um, it's kind of uh, true. Hit the nail on the head. But anyway, I don't want to pry and ask what the fight was but i'm going to ask sort of generally what category it falls under it was uh oh we're microphone uh <laughs> i feel i don't know because it was just basically um like focus for him like attention yeah okay life focus issues so gotcha um have you ever tried meditating? Um, I don't think so. I just I, – I, I'm friends with David Steinberg who's a big TM guy. He is. Oh, yeah. Huge. Yeah. I just – for the first time, like I met this – for this other project I'm doing, um, I'm sort of looking – part of it is like lo- looking into different ways to achieve happiness – and so I met this Buddhist woman who had me do a whole meditation thing. And then she's like, you should keep up with this practice. I'm like, yeah, okay. So then I tried to do it. So now I've meditated twice mm-hmm. for 10 minutes. <coughs> Both times I burst into tears during it. Wow. And all sorts of shit started coming up. And I know the whole thing is each thought is a balloon. And you just let it go. And you just bring your focus is back. Is it TM? Is that the thing? Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. Did you do Nam Myoho Renge Kyo thing? No. But do you know Duncan Trussell? No. Um, he's a podcaster and that he, he talks about doing that all the time. That's how I recognize that. No, it's just, uh, focusing on your breath and like counting and having like, first you focus on your breath at like your belly level and then your chest Mm -hmm. and then right like under your nostrils. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, yeah. So I don't know what the hell that is. I feel like that's not good. No, I mean, he's easy crier though. I think it's fine. Listen, it's like if you, have you done yoga? No. Because that would probably make you cry too. Good thing I don't do it then. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I, I think it's it's forcing you to quiet yourself, yeah. and that's what's profound. And you're having you did it twice, and it made you break down twice because you were having this profound moment with yourself and your life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's uh, that's a good thing. I, I just feel it's like bad. it's perhaps a bellwether, and I don't even know if I'm using that correctly, of things being amiss. The fact that when I really sit down and get into it and quiet my mind, I just burst into tears. Yeah, that's amazing. It's probably because Mad Men's over. What am I going to watch now? Um, I just started watching Ray Donovan. I thought it was really awesome. Okay. I'll get Game into of that Thrones, then. I heard, is amazing, too. I had to jump off the Game of Thrones train because it was getting too— Don't tell me, la, la, la. 
wonderful. <laughs> it's going to do wonderful. Let, okay. <clears throat> now that we're talking about TV. Okay. I, this is m- more for me than you. Well, this whole thing really is more for me than you. Yeah. Um, I would be remiss if I did not ask you a little bit about Facts of Life because everyone knows we should get it's my into favorite it. show. Yeah. Okay. And I know, you know, you and I talked when we did the show at um, Love It's. Okay. A long yeah, time yeah, ago. Yeah. A little bit about it. We did. And, uh, but I just need to know more. I yes. know that you did. And, and for me, it took me a little, I can't, like, I, I had met you once or twice before I even realized that you were Kelly on Facts of Life. Kelly of Nattle. Because your name is different now. I went to your IMDb page oh, yeah. and I had a, oh my God, an yeah. epiphany. Sort of like the one you had. Yeah. A huge moment. Um, yeah. So. But your so your experience was not great though. Well, it was it was like my favorite show. Yes. I died for yes. that show, and so I was when I when I found out I was going to do it. I was with the original company of Brighton Beach Memoirs. We mm-hmm. were touring. Um, I was an understudy. I never went on. So I watched Matthew Broderick become a star. Did you? Sorry, jumping back no, for one fine. second. Did you ever go to regular? Did you go to regular school? Yeah. Okay. Always. But what age did you start performing? Uh, probably nine. Okay. So you would just leave school to perform and then come back? Yeah. I mean, uh, I I started missing school when I was like probably it, just high school was when the concentration of most of the right. work happened. But I was so excited when I got the Facts of Life. I couldn't believe it. I think I had just done um, – I'd already done Grease too. I'd already done this other movie that I played an orphan and they had to s- write in the credits, uh, girl Stevie be- and because I looked so androgynous and that was my name. And, um, did I already do the Jeffersons? I think I'd already robbed George Jefferson, the dry cleaners, whatever. <laughs> so then, um, I was I was thrilled to be on it. It was a very it was towards the end of the season. I think they had one more season after, but um I was told that, you know, they were hiring new girls as the show wore on and they right. went to college. Like cousin Oliver kind of thing. Yeah. Like bringing in oh, fresh y- meat. Yeah. Like from the Brady, Bunch. Tra- Brady oh, wasn't Bunch. it Brady Bunch? Yeah, I think so. I've heard um, that that syndrome being referred to as oh my like God. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, but I think that um, they had been trying that a couple years before, and like Jamie Gertz did a season, and yes, she got canned. She played boots. She played boots. <laughs> yeah, her name was Boots. Uh, she was. Um, oh my God, Blair's sorority sister. <laughs> oh my God, so she got the can. Yeah, and then uh, somebody else got the can. Some blonde chick. I don't know. All this 80s, um, all these 80s things. And then I went in and I was going to do like a full season and um, somebody was not having it. So I ended up doing seven, only seven episodes, but they paid me for the full season. Mm -hmm. It was 22 episodes. And I remember just feeling like really sad, like they, like, um, like I didn't belong even there and I just I of course I wanted to so badly. Right. I was so oh. lucky. Um I was um uh meant to be there and they uh, you know the girls it was just they iced me out, you know what I mean? They were very was it very clickish? It was clicky. 
Oh, um, and were they getting nervous about their positions on the I show? I don't know. It was weird. You know, Charlotte Ray was still on when I was on, and she was the loveliest person on the planet. Kim Fields was the best. She was totally my little bro. And they were giving her shit for gaining weight, mm. you know, and... They being the producers of it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was like... It was just a weird kind of, like, you know, live, being in the 80s with all of this um, success and money and food and all of that stuff and just the alchemy of that where kids started and they went through puberty and they were just kind of being looked at sideways and like this one was like into like Christian whatever Michigas all that stuff. I think we know which one that is. Yeah. And so, you know, it just, it was not, it was not a good time. Did they think they were hot shit? I think that it was just, yeah, I mean, it was, it was kind of, I don't know. I mean, they, they were hot shit because they, no, there was nobody there to like, whatever, bring it down. It just got crazy. It was, it was very, um, just a heightened kind of craziness with, you know, it was like, it was like a Goodfellas. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's all I could say is that it was like, you know, what's his character, Henry? He's hiding the Hill. Coke in the Hill. Henry yeah. Hill. He's hiding the Coke in the cupboards. He's like, get everything. You know what I mean? Like, there's just so much excess. And, wow. you know, and it could have been good. So things things changed a lot. And I, I don't want to shit on people and I'm over it, but... You know, I remember like one day I was at rehearsal and um, I was in there and I was so disappointed at this at this time that um, the director looked at me and he said, what's the matter? You look like you don't want to be here. And I just wanted to burst into tears and I didn't want to be there. And I didn't care that I was making money. It didn't affect my life at all. I just was sad. Yeah. You know, I felt bad. How old were you? I think I was 15 or 16. Well, I, I can that. imagine as someone who dreamt of this and fantasized about it a lot. Yes. I literally had dreams that I would be hanging out at Eastland oh my God. with them. Of course. So as Me so, too. Yeah. Like, so I can imagine you have this fantasy of being included in yeah. this world and then to have the reality be so different. Yeah, it was be weird. Be like seeing Big Bird without his head. It was like, I remember one day somebody came up to me. I think it was the teacher lady this fucking cunt (laughs) and she's like um we have been getting complaints about your language and you need to um control your language or something like that and i was like really i who and then i waited for my mom and i just burst into tears my mom was like Oh no, fuck this. And you know, my mother's English. She went in, she was like, Don't talk to my daughter. Oh good. Don't ever talk to my daughter. This is my mom who like drives me crazy, but if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have arms. My hands would be growing out of my shoulders. That's what I believe because I grew up during thalidomide oh, and all the moms were yeah. taking it because they were nauseated. They had morning sickness mm-hmm. and my mother was sick as a dog with me. And she knew not to take from it. From beginning to end. Just like my brother, and I'm the second kid, she refused to take it. What, were, 
did she did she just have sort of a prescient feeling about it or were the reports she already coming out? Take, you know, I mean, she's she came from her mom was like um, really into astrology and yoga. I mean, we're talking about England. You know, my mother's a hope and glory baby. So she just would refuse to take any drugs, any medication. And I believe that her Smart. being such a stubborn fucking crazy cunt <laughs> is why I have arms. So anyway, shout you out to her. my mama. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so she went in and whatever. So that's the fact. Was your language that salty? I don't know. I didn't say cunt then, probably, but other things. Because I'm know. just thinking, I and mean, I don't know, but if someone's really going to bitch about your language, it's probably going to be someone who's trying to walk a narrow path with the Lord. Do you think? Oh. I don't know. Oh, Jesus, Allison. Just maybe. I mean, I think you might be right. Well, now I, feel like I don't I'm even think about that. Talking to Paula Deen. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I'm obsessed with that. Really? What are your thoughts on it? I just I, – I, I was totally blown away. We talked about it at work the other day and I just think that, um, you know, I think that every single one of us has the N-word in our testimony somewhere. But somebody dug up hers like they made it a mission. Mm-hmm. I mean she's 70. This happened to her 30 years ago or something. But – you know, it's kind of instead of I is what I is and I ain't changing, maybe yeah. she should say, you know what, guys, I grew up in the deep south. This is the way everybody talked. It's no excuse. I'm sick about it. He put a gun to my head and I went to the bad place. You know what I mean? That's what people want to hear. But she's not she's not able that. to. No. I know she's I is what I is and I ain't changing. Yeah, I know. I I go back. I, I, I'm all over. I'm all over the place with this one. It does bother me the way everyone dropped her so quickly. Be, you know, everyone who like yeah. all her sponsorships and the network and everything, because I feel like that's not motivated by w- wanting to be on the the right side of an issue. It's motivated by being afraid of controversy. And like, I hate how that there's no loyalty at all. At the same time, yeah. I don't know. Like a I don't know. It's it's uh, it's scary. Yeah. To think that um everything can just get wiped away, but um you know, uh, some intel I've received is that it, her employees had some discrimination lawsuits against right. her. And so I feel like maybe There's... one of them is the one who dug up this yeah. old testimony. Well, no, I think that it was a deposition she gave in response to the the um, discrimination lawsuit, well, the I think they're saying that the her workplace was racist and sexist, and I think she was given a deposition regarding that, and she was asked, "Do you ever use the N word?" Oh. And that's where that came out. I don't know. Yeah, she is. She's not apologizing though, in the way that people are accustomed to hearing apologies. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, one more facts of life thing. Okay. So your character Kelly, I robbed Edna's edibles. So, but. Initially, yeah, you yeah. were and you made up a street gang. Yeah. Well, I think there's lords of Okay, here's the thing. Jesus, Allison, what the fuck? She knows everything. It's scary, And you're right? so young. You I'm not that oh, okay. young. That's I'm older. Awesome. Yay. Okay, here's the thing. I was hired to be the new tough guy so the Joe character could feminize 
everybody was told this. Everybody who auditioned for oh, the wow. show was told this. We go in, you know, I was always this little bull dyke, whatever. I was always playing boys, what you know. So I go in and it was um a pilot. It was called Joe's Cousin. Oh wow. Okay, here we're getting I know. I know. It's <laughs> getting I'm, a fan geek boner right I now am. for this. This is going right into my fan fiction. Okay, so there was a pilot called Joe's Cousin. We all auditioned for it. All of us tough like you know, girls from the eighties during that time. And I got the job. So then they decided to n- not do the pilot. I don't even remember if we did the pilot or sp- it was supposed to be spin-off. a spinoff, but then um, they decided to write the character into the show. So now Joe was going to have a little cousin who was going to be tough and Joe could become more feminine and t- change and whatever. And so um, I was hired to be that, be this street kid, and they were going to change me and make me, you know, and help me. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the beginning of my career. Everything I did, Night Court, The Red Fox Show, The Jeffersons, it was all, let's rehabilitate the street kid, the Bronx (laughs) Zoo. It was crazy. So then um, they hired me and then uh, somebody did not want my character to be sympathetic and they made me into a rich girl who made up this story and nothing tracked Mm -hmm. and it was just weird and I did like 30 seconds in different shows. I ended up doing seven episodes and that was it. You know, I was told somebody went to the network with a red pen and cut my lines every week and whatever and I just was like, okay, man, just don't even bring me – like I was sad. Yeah. Because I felt um, an energy coming at me that was like, we don't want you here. And it was confusing for me. I was really young and I was confused. So, um, you know, Mindy was sweet to me. She was a a friend and Kim was sweet. But um, I didn't have a connection with anybody else. Jerry Jewell was around. She was lovely. Charlotte Ray was lovely. Those are the people that I remember who were who mm. were good to me. Have you ever felt that on a set again? <laughs> well, let me let me rephrase because what I'm here, what I'm sort of hearing is that there's a lot of is that you were too young to properly process the workplace politics going on, mm-hmm. and that that kind of thing is prop like that that um, dynamic replicates itself all over the place. Cause that's, I, I am relating to that so much. Cause I always feel like mm-hmm. I'm like too naive and trusting. And then if some, you know, when someone who feels threatened by me, knifes me in the back, yeah. I'm always like, well, where did that come from? And like, I feel like if I had just yeah. had my eyes open, I should have been able to see that. So I'm just wondering if this is something that if you have gotten more adept at kind of navigating that. Oh, I've never, never experienced anything like that since mm-hmm. before, since that was unique to that situation. I've worked with assholes, <laughs> you know, but um, that's a singular thing. Right. This was just on the whole. It was just like they were trying to do this. And I think that I'm not the only actor who came into that situation uh, felt that uh, kind of. We're going to need to get Mackenzie Aston on here. And also uh, um, Pippa, Sherilyn Fenn. I think that was her name. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should do. Yeah, because there, the, there are yeah a couple other ones yeah. who came in and out, and Clooney. But I feel like he probably had an okay experience. George, George, I think George was on before. 
the year before or something, but we worked together on um, ER. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I think he did the year before. I'm not sure, but we have, we, we, um, used to take out the TV guide stuff and put it on our fridges. Cause we used to all hang out. Everybody, George <laughs> and Grant. I met Grant Heslov through George because we had done ER and then we did the, I did something with Grant or whatever, but. There used to be TV. I don't even know if they make TV Guide anymore. Does it exist? I feel like it's changed size, though. Of course. Now it's some different shape thing. Yeah, I used to love TV Guide. Thank God. It was obsessed. I loved it. Um, So what are the things that you have coming out or that you're working on now? Um, I'm shooting. We're doing season seven of Californication right now. Um, And... um, Who's in it? Steve Jones from Sex Pistols is back. And some fucking people. I don't know. It's funny. And fun. It's fun to work. And um, working on season four of Louie. Um, uh, story ideas and episodes and all of that kind of stuff. I'm trying to develop my own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know Californication isn't probably going to go after this season. I'm surprised we even did it. Um, I, I do like games. I'm, I just recorded the new Tinkerbell movie. I'm one of the fairies. I just did a Final Fantasy at Technicolor. Um, you know, just all that kind of all over the place. And then just the girls. So that's what I'm up to. Think we should do just me or everyone? Okay. Oh, I'm so excited! Thank God, an activity. Oh, Jesus! All right. AZ Cards fan 88 says, "Is there, I feel like that's probably some sports thing." Arizona. Arizona Cardinals fan. Oh, okay. When listening to a song that has a direction, left, right, north, east, I have to point in that direction. No, I don't have that. I wouldn't even know how to. Well, he has OCD, so. Yeah. Oh, well, most of them do. Yeah, I see the other one, too. Shoot Dog says, just me. After a phone call, just set phone down without pressing end call. You can always count on the other person to press end. No, I don't do that. Oh, no, that would scare me to death. Yeah. I've fucked myself sideways. I always make sure that shit is hung up. Uh, what have you done? Have you continued to be talked about? Yes. Someone while they- <laughs> a very bad thing happened. Really bad. And I had to run and erase somebody's phone message and do a, like a whole thing. But yeah. And uh, no, uh, a lot of times. So also AZ Cards fan. Um, I don't mean OCD bad. My My daughter has that. So... Just wanted to go back. I'm guilty Jew. Oh, no. It's totally fine. Said with love. Yeah. Wait, whose machine did you erase? I can't go into it, but it's really bad. Make sure that shit is hung up. And when I see, you know, whenever people start talking about people, I'm like, check your phone. (laughs) I still do that. Yeah. Scares me. And I'm like, check these mics. Yeah. Because that's happened in here. Because, yeah. Oh, I've done that thing, too, on the set when I've been mic'd. Right. Yeah. It's not good. 
All right. Yeah. J-Rod12 says, I can never wear a shirt into the store where I purchased that shirt for fear someone might notice it on the rack and on me. <laughs> I, I can... But I always feel uncomfortable. Or like if I'm in a store that sells soft drinks and I have one in my hand, I always feel like they're going to think that I'm stealing it and I have to make it clear that I came in with this. Well, if you're wearing like an Aeropostal shirt and you go into that store, maybe. But like I shop at like one nice store and if I'm wearing their shit, I fucking fly that color proudly. So I don't know what's going on with you. Boinkity Boink says, I sometimes like to try to imagine how an older person looked when they were younger and how little kids will look as adults. Totally. You do that? All the time. I call people. I'm like, I just saw a gay 57-year-old version of you. It's (laughs) unbelievable. I try to take pictures. (laughs) I try to take pictures. I see versions of the people in my life. I love that. Do you ever have the thing where you see someone who looks like someone you know that you haven't thought of for a long time? Yeah. And then you see them repeatedly like for like, – I, I just remember it happening. Um, I used, I played in a band many years ago and we – What? Did, mm-hmm. It was in my old fun days. And we did some oh, touring. And in San Francisco, everyone looked like this one person that I hadn't thought of for – not everyone. But I just kept seeing the same person that was remind- – like I don't know if something was like triggering something yeah. in my brain or if I – I don't know what it was. It was like my brain locked onto this particular face and I kept finding it everywhere. That's amazing. That's no, weird. that hasn't – that's a thing that happened to you at that right. time in your life. Great. Yeah. Anthony RC627 says, when I walk down the street in, in New York City, I try to keep two steps within each square, making up the block. Aw, bless. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, haven't you guys ever tried to avoid stepping on cracks, though? Oh, God. Yeah. Sure. Just let it go. But I do tend to jump over the crack. So, good luck. Do you guys take steps, to, two stairs, two stairs at once? I do. Because you're giant. Yes. I like to for the exercise of it. But. <laughs> going up. I can't do it going down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've made that he mistake. Tries to keep two steps within each square. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a lot of work. It's 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 fun to do that, but it's also good to let it go and just walk. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Biet says, when in a bathroom such as an office, I wait to hear the person who finished before me to listen if they wash their hands. Totally. I, I, I don't do that. Very upset with people who walk right past the sink. Shame. Shame. Sometimes I do that. Don't like it, Allison. I do it. And you know when I, you know when I feel especially uncomfortable? Hmm. When we do sh- weekly Adam Carolla shows at Amalfi, so oftentimes I'll use the bathroom before we go on. So then there's people who are going to be in the audience standing there in line waiting to go in. And I just blow right past them like that's right. I didn't wash my I didn't hands, wash my bitches. Hands. <laughs> God. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, wait, every... You, what every, a little nugget of revelation. Yeah. So every Allison sing- Rosen is your dirty best friend. <laughs> every single time you wash your hands. Even if you don't feel like you touched anything nasty. Oh, fuck yes. I mostly do it for other people. Isn't right? that funny? Isn't that funny? Yep. There you go. Yeah. No, see, here's my thing. It's not a very good thing. But my hands get very, like, dry. Yeah. And my hands are too se- are, are very sensitive. So oftentimes oh, the a- antibacterial soap in the bathroom is yeah. just going to begin to 
um, rip a layer of skin off my hands. I'm exaggerating. But and then I think I don't want to have dry, cracked, peeling, uncomfortable hands and fucked up cuticles just so that person thinks that I am a clean person when I know that yeah. I don't need to wash my hands. But you're also punishing yourself because A, you come here enough to put a good soap that you like in that bathroom. It's not this bathroom. Or Amalfi. Yeah, you're whatever. right. I should bring my own soap. You should have your own <laughs> soap. And also, you know, I have three kids, so I need to keep germs down. Yeah. And us washing, I'm telling you, ask Drew. No, I know. Okay. Do you use Purell all the time? Fuck no. Okay. No. No, soap and water. Lick our fan. I'll touch the street. I'll lick my hand. But I keep the germs down. I really should be bringing my own soap. I never thought of yes, that. Yes, honey. Put your soap in the thing. Yeah. You're All right. Okay. Pony Loves Johnny says, I, and I love that that is an outsider's reference, I hate when a single strand of hair gets trapped in my bra. It is the most uncomfortable feeling. Oh, my God. I always, Jesus. But how do you feel it in your bra? I always feel it, one in my shirt. I'm like, there's a hair. Yeah, yeah. There's a hair, and or I do it blind. in my sock. Yeah. Do you ever have that? Uh-huh. Uh, that's awful. Or... Hair in your butt. Yeah. I'm not in, but down there. This is the... I'm and then when you wipe, so excited when about you this wipe, conversation right it, now. You get it. Love it. And you're it. like, if I pull it too hard, it's going to break off, and then I'm just going to have a oh, hair. That's so fun. I love all of this. <laughs> totally, yes. Okay. Diabolic Dave. If I wake up before my alarm goes off by a few minutes, I think I have more energy. Um, no. I agree. Really? Yeah. I do. It's like, what? Wow. <laughs> My body did that. That's really, yeah. Do you I ever, agree. Do you ever snooze? Hit snooze? I do, but it doesn't work. I mean... I can only go back to sleep because my, my bedroom is so bright because I never bought proper curtains. Uh, with this, I have a black Calvin Klein bathrobe that's really soft and I put it over my <laughs> eyes and I put earplugs in. That's the only way I can go back to sleep yeah. in the morning. I, I, we are totally, um, fucked where the drape, drapes are as well because we didn't put up any proper wall hangings. We just have the shitty little blinds that yeah. came with the place. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I hear you on that, on the brightness. Yeah. yeah. Woodloaf. Speaking of Skittles. Okay. That is a reference to on the Thursday show. We've, there's been, there's been this running conversation about ranking Skittle flavors. So that's what he's talking about. Okay. Speaking of Skittles, sometimes I will take a Skittle or M&M out of my mouth to see what color it is before chewing it up. Yes. Well, but with M&M, they're, they all taste the same. That's just a waste. Yeah, but I won't put a blue M&M in my mouth. Really? I don't eat M&Ms anymore, but yeah, blue freaks me out. Yeah, it's kind of an unappetizing color. Yeah. <clears throat> so sorry. Excuse okay. me. That means it's true. But um, yeah, I've done that when you put something in your mouth and you're like, what color did I have? Mm-hmm. The Sour Patch Kid or Skittle or whatever. Yeah. yeah. If you were to rank the Skittles flavors, how would you Red. rank them? Yeah, that's what I say. Fuck everything else. I don't care. Oh, well, see, I have to put – I say purple goes at the end though because that's disgusting. Yeah. Really? You're with me? Yeah. Let this be known <laughs> that there's someone else who seconds my ranking because everyone else has some fucked up ranking system. No. I feel – who is it that puts purple first, Gary? I don't think it's any of us. I think it was a fan. Okay. That person's wrong. How about Mike and Ike's? When you get a bag of Mike and Ike's, there's one red. I once got a bag of Mike and Ike's. There were no red. I would have returned it. (laughs) I mean, that, that, I feel like they really do. 
They really are yeah. holding back the red ones. Mm-hmm. Why is that? <laughs> is red dye more expensive? What's going on? I don't know, but that's are the they ones I want. Forcing us to like red best by by forced scarcity. I don't know. I just want a whole bag of red Mike and Ikes. Yeah. I don't care about the other flavors. Oh, now I have to. Now I've got to rank Mike and Ikes. There's yeah, red. There's lime, there's yellow, and orange. Mm-hmm. That is that. There's only those, right? There's red, and then there's that weird strawberry. Off red. Yes, yes, which Fake I red, don't like. Faux red. Yeah. Jelly bellies, and by the way, this makes it sound like all I do is eat candy. That's not true. All I do is rank things. Yes, jelly bellies, which I don't even like that much. But there's a whole, a whole craziness because there's like a million different reds. Yeah. And if you aren't careful, one of them cinnamon, and yes. you don't want that when you want Ruin. cherry. Right. You know what? You want the Hello Kitty. Red jelly bellies. Those oh, are unbelievable. I don't even know what they yeah. are. What that you need is. to put a rocket fizz. I don't check. What it is out. rocket fizz? It's that candy store that has all that shit in it. Okay. Yeah. What I kind of flavors kids. do they have? They have everything, but I can't do the butterscotch and the the things that those give me a headache, make me want to vomit. I like just hard red or hard black. That's my like, kind of candy. I like black licorice yep. too. A lot of people, it's very yep. controversial. People aren't into it. Oh, so into it. So do into any it. of your kids want to go into show business? Yeah, I think they all they all do. They all do. Um, they're talented. You know, I'm not holding them back from it. I just can't pursue it for them. Right. You know, Gideon did an episode of Louie. She played his niece. I don't know if you saw that. And she's been. In- I must have. But why am I? Yeah, it was the, the second season or something, and um, you know they've all they all sing and play instruments, and you know my middle is now doing like amazing voices and accents and everything, and they're like they want to do it, and they're they can be represented by my agents, but I don't have time right to be to st- take you know what I mean? Mom. Yeah, I can't do it. So um, I can record them. I record a lot of my stuff mm-hmm. from here and send it, which is like it couldn't be easier now, even though I have a booth at home, which I don't even need. Yeah. You record – you mean like voiceover auditions or actual yeah. things? I've got like things on here of me saying, Chase, just around the corner. Here. <laughs> I mean like all this shit is on my iPhone. It's crazy. I don't know. It's, it's amazing. But um, – they can all do it. I'm not one of those people in the business that says, no, I'm not letting my kids do it. Mm-hmm. I hate that. They can all do it. I just don't have the – I can't do headshots. and You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I haven't taken a picture of myself in like 10 years. So I can't. I can't do it. Isn't your, is your agent not pushing you for new headshots? Well, I don't even have uh, an on-camera agent. I just have a manager and I have a voiceover <laughs> agent. Um no, nobody. No, nobody's watching the store. No, <laughs> no, my. No, that's neat. That's good though, because I think what that must mean is that you don't need that bullshit anymore, right? Probably. I mean, there's pictures of me from things. You know, you can't avoid them, mm-hmm. so it's like whatever. But I c- couldn't even imagine making a decision to say I'm getting my headshot taken. I. <laughs> God, the last time I did it, I did a photo shoot with this guy and, oh my God, my manager laughed so hard, but um, he was saying like, okay, you have a secret. (laughs) (laughs) He kept saying that to me and I was like, oh Jesus. Uh, 
Yes, I do. <laughs> but um, yeah, they, they can all do whatever they want. Is this photo out there somewhere? The one where you had a secret? I think I have most of the I have a secret photos. I didn't really release them. There's just one like with me with my man hand like holding a <laughs> necklace. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's bad. I uh, my very first headshot. The woman just kept saying to me, "You're a little girl." People can hurt you. Oh, my God. That's creepy sounding, right? It wasn't that creepy, though, but she wanted – she was trying to get me to look, like, vulnerable. Oh, my God. Because it was for, like, the one serious one and then, you know – People can hurt you. You're a little girl. People can – But she had a speech (laughs) impediment. It's like, you're a little girl. (laughs) It was bizarre. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Anyway. Well, thank you so much for doing my show. This was super fun. Of course. You're welcome. Thank You're you. wonderful. No, you. I wish you luck with everything. Thank you. Thank you. You are wonderful. You're a good Jew. Thank you. You are too. Um, okay. If people, are you on Twitter? No, I'll, I'll do it soon. Okay. Well, if people want to find – is there anything you want to throw out there that like if people want to find you, they can go to this or no. I suppose they should just watch all your things? No. No. Okay. I'm good. All right. <laughs> no, I'll do I'll do a Twitter thing soon. Somebody's trying to authenticate me, but there's like Twitters that people have my name and it's like it goes to a picture of my tits or my ass of a thing and it's just like I don't know and it's my name. Yeah. So That's I got to do up. I'm going to make a new clean one. I'll get one. All right. Okay. Okay. So everyone, wait for that. And if you see her tits or her ass, that is not her, even though it is her, but it's not her behind it. Yeah, I didn't authorize it. Yeah, it's unauthorized. All right. And thank you for listening. And um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can go to at Allison Rosen. You can follow Gary at G. Patrick Smith. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. You can email the show at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F at AdamCroll.com. And if you're going to buy something on Amazon, which you are, because they have everything, um, it would help the show. If you click through the banner on my website at AllisonRosen.com, it doesn't cost you anything extra, but it does help the show. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys. Bye. Uh, bye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show?
Corolla Digital.